Hello, everybody out there in the internet world. Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast, your source. <coughs> Sorry. Your source oh, no. for... Oh, no. Topic. He coughed. He coughed. Oh, no. It's fine. <laughs> uh, your source for news about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. Yes, media, as the name implies. Um, yes, and not boats, as the name implies. Yeah, also, don't get confused about boat podcast. We are not a boat podcast. We are a media podcast. However, today is Wednesday, October the 28th. Believe it or not, our last episode of October 2020. We will be moving into November next time you see us, which will be hard to believe, but it's true. Next time you see us, um, the world may have changed. Yeah, who knows at this at this rate. It'll be the day after our election here in the U.S., so We'll see how that goes. Um, and it is episode 251. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We True. have quite a few stuff to get through. Uh, some thoughts, some championships to be crowned. Yes. And some underworld dungeons to be run. Yeah. So but before we get all that going on. Get started. We have some. Movie. We started the movies. We're talking about movies, and we usually start with box office. There's not really a box office this week, so we're skipping that. Oh come on! Honest Thief at two point three million is not box office. I think that was last week's numbers. No, that was this week's number. Oh no! Well, how about this? Remember what we said last week about box office? If it doesn't hit five, it happened again. Yeah. Well, just, just know that. We don't need to go into the nitty-gritty of it. Just know that just as many people are seeing movies as they were last week, turns out. And turns out that leads us right into our first story. <laughs> it does, because our first story this week is about that big tentpole release that wasn't Tenet. John Stanky, media vote favorite John Stanky, because he's got such a great last name, is the CEO of Warner Media Parent AT&T. And he said they had 130 productions underway since last week during an investor conference call regarding third quarter earnings. Quote, I can't tell you that we walked away from the tenant experience saying it was a home run. You don't say, Stanky. You don't say. $52.5 million domestically says it's not a home run. I would not call that a home run. I would barely even call that a single, to be fair. That is, I stumbled to first base and an error was thrown. Yes, yes, there it is, there it is. But he said, I am happy we did it. I think the team was incredibly creative. I think we learned a few things about what we can do, unquote. It sounds like he's trying to fluff up investors and try not get them to panic. There's only so much you can polish a turd, let me tell you. There's only so much you can do to that turn. Are you speaking from experience? Oh, have you? Whomst among us has not polished a turn? This podcast, for instance. (laughs) Just a giant turd we've been polishing since 2016. Yes, and and plugging right now. If you go to Spotify and just hit play, (laughs) it will start on episode one. So you can see how much of a turd it was. Don't recommend doing that, but... You do you. <laughs> yeah, we recommend you uh, viewing directly on Podbean because we may or may not actually be paid through Spotify the 0.0008 cents per play. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. 
We'll find out, I guess. Anyway, um, so here's the deal with this. Oh, sorry, I lost your place, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me get back to where I was here. Um, oh, yes, he called the upcoming holiday season the next big checkpoint to see if we can move some content back to theatrical distribution. That's a big if. He says, we're still committed to put some of the content that we think is most important into the theatrical channel, which differentiates them from Disney, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago. But he says, we're not expecting this to be incredibly choppy moving into next year. We are not optimistic, not expecting a huge recovery in theatrical moving into the early part of next year. So you added an extra knot there. In the beginning, that's why you got confused. It's yeah, expecting to be. We're expecting this to be choppy. My bad. So yeah, he's really hedging his bets to the investors. He's basically saying like, "Hey, don't get the actual releases again." No one knows if this is even going to happen, but that doesn't mean we're going to turn off the pipeline. That means that we're just going to have to really make sure that if we are going to move some content to theatrical distribution, it has to hit. Because they dipped their toe in the water with Tenet and it was too cold and they pulled right out. Right. And this is Warner Media. So we're talking DC Temple being yeah. Wonder Woman for a yeah. Christmas release. So who knows? And they already pushed Dune, which was supposed to be a December release, to next year. And there's not a whole lot of competition in an otherwise open market of do people even want to go to said open market? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a big question mark as it has been for a while here, and who knows how this will end up. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see because as much as domestic um, box office numbers are heavily relied on for studios, they also kind of worry about the international box office and what's happening over in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, interesting uh, considering what basically Disney came out and said, like, we're just going to focus on streaming from here on out. Um, So interesting compare contrast to make between the two companies. Anyway, our second story takes us across the pond to Europe. Yeah, it's a big pond. After initially shuttering its movie theaters in late February and then reopening in June, Italy is now set to close cinemas once again, starting this week. At the same time, Spain has approved a new national state of alarm and is introducing a nationwide curfew from 11 a.m. or 11 p.m., sorry, to 11 or to 6 a.m. The moves come after France widely extended a 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew to numerous areas across the country this past week. The Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte, Conte? announced theater closures after Italy recorded a new daily record of 19,644 coronavirus infections, as well as 151 deaths. In Spain, the new state of alarm is due to last at least until early May. However, the curfew is currently for a a two-week period, but that could be extended. While cinemas are not closed in the country, the curfew will have an effect on box office because when do people see movies? After work at night. After at night, yes, at night. So this is a this is uh, not great if you're like you just said 
are a studio who cares about international box office numbers because here's two countries that are less likely to see your movie as much as other countries could. Right, and looking at those new daily numbers of 19,000 new infections is low compared to the U.S. Yeah, that's the other thing here is that when the other the other thing is you have to also compare and contrast the population density mm-hmm. of Italy and the U.S. That's probably a big percentage of the Italian population right there. Also, uh, if we remember back all the way into March, Italy was the first country to go into a full lockdown mode. Yes. So it makes sense why they would be doing this again when the numbers rose. Uh, this is that mythical second wave that everybody said was going to happen in the fall. Sure enough, it's fall and it's happening. What do you know? Science is right. Who would have guessed that science could predict these things? It's almost as if science has all this data to back up something that could happen in the future. Yeah, it's almost like that they've been working on a scientific process for centuries or something. It's more of a method. (laughs) It is exactly a method. It's method scienting. Methods. Yeah, that's what it's called. That's right. Thank you for refreshing me on high school science. Um, so yeah, this is what it is. I, this is only really a tangential movie story. But. Yes, but that's because the regular movie stories were pretty much non-existent as we head into the fall. Um, yeah. Third quarter earnings reports were kind of released. So over the next, like last week and this week, we will have press conference news come out. Yeah. as much leaks as we get. But honestly, it's not going to be a lot of uh, new releases, not going to be a lot of announcements because there's nothing to put out. Unless we did Disney it. last week in which they said that Soul was going to Disney Plus yeah. and everything mm-hmm. else was going, that was going to theater was going into next year. Yeah. And Warner is the other heavy hitter other than Universal. So, so ex- expect more of the same is, I guess, kind of the the vibe here is that through the end of the year at least we're just going to see more stuff on streaming less stuff in theaters so good for streaming if you're a company able to make that pivot yeah theoretically at least all right speaking of movies that are available on streaming you saw a film this week yes i talked about this film last week well i think we talked about it two weeks ago when its first trailer dropped Yes, we right talked before about, its first Taylor dropped. Yeah, before when it was just a rumored title and we didn't even know what it was going to be. Yes, Borat 2 subsequent movie film. Yes. Uh, there's also a longer title attached to it as it goes on into the movie. But for the sake of it, it's called Borat 2. Yeah, yeah. So, Borat 2, the, the, uh, the, the sequel to Borat. Yeah, so this is available on Amazon Prime. If you have a Prime membership, you can view this now. So right off the bat, instant media boat stream it. Because it's yeah, the only I mean, way you're going to watch it. We don't have to tell you that, yeah. Yes. Uh, but as for the film itself, it's been a while. Uh, seeing as Borat, the actual, the first one, came out in 2006. Yeah. And a whole lot has changed. And it kind of goes into that. Mainly being with cell phones and pop culture and Facebook and internet kind of exploding everywhere. and People glued to their phones. Because, I don't know, we were in high school when that movie came out. It's, it's true. And, yeah. 
14 years, a lot has changed. And yet people would still make Borat references. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, Borat, the Borat voice has never died. So. Yes, uh, so much so that uh, Kazakhstan adopted the, uh, the phrase very nice to its tourism board in the new <laughs> ads for it. <laughs> A little off topic there, but, well, but I thought I, I thought it was going to be in the movie the the one of the movie news is like, but that's so off topic. No, yeah, that's such a little tiny thing. Yeah, uh, but Borat two, uh, Sasha Baron directed, uh, produced, didn't direct it, produced, written, stars, and basically makes fun of a lot of people. I mean. So basically, my understanding is if you've seen the first Borat, it follows the like the structure of the, the first one. This one does where it's like he's doing a character and basically he's going to like he's he's being in character with people who don't know he's playing a character and for for a movie. And so the yeah, idea is but... it's supposed to be that uncomfortable that uncomfortable feeling you get where like, oh, the person doesn't know they're in on a prank, essentially. It's straight comedy, yeah. or it's comedy played straight. Right, exactly. They it's always with people who are not go, who don't know that this is a character. Right, and it definitely plays a line of that. Um, it kind of also plays on the fact that Borat the film is a huge film in America. Yeah, and so he can't really go around being Borat, but rather has to be Borat in a disguise for yeah. Borat yeah. to yeah. make these. An additional happen. A layer of a layer there. now has to happen, unless apparently you're uh, maybe a prominent um, uh, politician um, who maybe should recognize who Borat is and somehow doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> well, see, that's how they actually they got away with getting doing a lot of this. Is they hired an actress to play Borat's daughter yes. in the film. Yes. And had her do a lot of the stunts that normally Borat wouldn't be able to get away with. Right. Which is smart. Which is smart when you think about it. Because, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are going to immediately be like, well, that's Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, right. he's right there. So, yeah, introducing a new character. It's a good it, twist. It is a good twist. And it also opens a lot of doors for new comedy that you can't do as a straight male character. And I'm like emphasizing the straight and male part in that. <laughs> yeah. I because would, yeah. some of these jokes are will make you uncomfortable, but yeah. also they're meant to be exaggerated to the point of making fun of people yeah. they're they're with. And that's kind of the that is the point of these movies. It's it's the same thing, it's that same kind of thing where like with the person on the street stuff, like when prank shows and stuff like that. The idea is mm-hmm. is the uncomfortable part of it is the source of a lot of the humor. Yeah. And it definitely plays a lot of the humor. I could definitely see where things were written specifically to structure the story so you get the one joke payoff or the the sequence payoff. So we have to structure and reshoot these specific scenes so that way it can pay off here. And it's very evident because as they go through the film, they mention like specific dates and events that they have to hit in order to make this film happen. Yeah. So it's like, we have to be at this event doing this stunt 
and we'll figure out how we get to this event in a film later on. Yeah, yeah. But it's a pretty funny film. I had a good time laughing at it. I think it's definitely a film that is, I don't want to say needed, but definitely a film that puts a mirror up to a lot of people in the United States and say, look at you being funny. You think Borat's funny when really you are the funny one. It is how you're portrayed amongst other people. It is an interesting time. Like it's interesting timing for this movie to come out because it is kind of a very specific moment especially in U.S. politics, where these people are very, like, oblivious to the fact that they're completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so a character, like, in a setup, like, having Borat kind of be there as a foil is, like, points out exactly what you're saying. It points out, it's like, no, really, people are going to see this in the movie and realize how idiotic you're being. Like, Or how- you would hopefully notice that hopefully, they would yeah. realize how idiotic it is. Right. But, you know, to each their own and what they get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say that the actress who plays the daughter, uh, Maria Balakov, Russian last name. Okay. Really good in it. Okay. <laughs> really good actress. Um, she's only been, like, in a few things. I looked at the IMDb page. And pretty good. Um, I expect to see her more stuff. Okay. This uh, helps catapult her career. Night. But yeah, Borat is funny. Stream it. Um, if you like the first one, you're definitely gonna like the second one. Yeah. Watch it with other people <laughs> because it might be one of those things where if you watch it alone, you might be might confused not. and turn it off. Yeah. Like I'm probably gonna skip it personally because I don't do well with those uncomfortable kind of setups. Yes. I just, I get anxious and I just don't like watching it. So it's not for me, but it sounds like it's a lot for a lot of people out there. I think a lot of people will enjoy it. I've heard good things. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely an enjoyable film. I had a fun time watching it. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you're, if you don't take that comedy lightly or if you didn't like it when it first came out and you're right. an old curmudgeon. It's like, not, it's not going to change. This is not going to change. not going to change. <laughs> okay. Let's move on, why don't you? Because I didn't watch any movies, that's for sure. Uh, I'm still being pressured to watch Hooby Halloween. Why? By who? Adam Sandler himself? Is he showing up at your door and be like, watch my movie? My dad's been telling me to watch it. Well, you should know. That's your first red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think I haven't watched it yet? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Because we have other things to talk about today. And the next thing is television, but we always start television with the exciting world of sports and exciting it is here in the Los Angeles metropolitan area. As last night, the Los Angeles Dodgers were crowned World Series champions. Um, With a 60 game season and an extended playoff structure, Mm -hmm. the Dodgers have come out victorious against the Tampa Bay raise and have won the championship there's one caveat to all of this celebration and happiness and um shindigs going on though the one caveat is by the name justin turner jt (laughs) yeah so mid-game he was pulled so did you watch this live 
I did not. I, so, Boo. so let me explain real quick. It was seven o'clock. I was like, settle down. I had just eaten food and I was like, all right, I have two choices. Do I play more Hades or do I watch the World Series game? <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, well, there's no way that the Dodgers win another one. So I was like, I'm good. I can wait until the last game of the series. <laughs> You're like, they're not. Right. So you were the doubter that said they were not going to close it out and go to game seven tonight. Well, to be fair, neither of us saw this coming. When we talked about when we talked about the Dodgers three or four weeks ago, your quote was, oh, they probably won't even win that series. And yet they did win that series. That's because they were down 3-1 in that series. Yes. yes. So, And seeing as LA Clippers weren't able to win in a three <laughs> one, going down 3-1. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it stood to reason that they had to win three games straight. And also to be fair... The Dodgers aren't my team. So I'm glad that they won, but I didn't need to be there for this. But if you were there for this, yes. So explain. So you watched this. So explain the whole Justin Justin Turner thing. So um, their MLB is in a bubble for the uh, postseason. They get tested every day. They're in a bubble, yeah. uh, much like the NBA was for the uh, postseason. Justin Turner got tested yesterday the results came back inconclusive mm-hmm. so he got tested again today or yeah. what would have been day tuesday the, the day of the game tuesday the nlb didn't find out that he returned a positive test until the second inning yeah of the game yes now he didn't get pulled out of the game until the eighth inning after Mookie Betts hit the go-ahead home run. Yeah. But then the Dodgers end up winning, and he is back on the field that, celebrating. That is the thing that people are pointing at. It's not just that he was playing that whole time <laughs> with obvious, with, with, with in retrospect, a disease, um, That, but then later that he even after everybody knew he came back out. That seems to be the, the biggest asterisk to all of this. Right. Now, there's n- I haven't seen anything that said specifically that he took like a rapid test to yeah, no. um, see if he still had it in him. But he was out on the field celebrating yeah. post-game with his teammates. So, yeah. And needless to say, a lot of people are saying this is really scary for the Dodgers as a team because if everybody was in that celebration, everybody had contact with them. Um, so yeah, it, we need, of course, more information to ultimately know. Um, we're not we're not doctors here. We don't know for sure exactly how this how this is transmitted. But I would imagine that doing a lot of celebration and yelling and hugging each other very closely is probably a big vector if you could if you for this disease knowing what i know it is a possible super spreader event yeah it's scary when you think start thinking about it start like peeling back the layers that being said congratulations los angeles two championships two different sports in one year it's pretty good yes uh the this means that they will be trying for the triple crown (laughs) in sports um right here Yes, uh, LA Rams yeah, are the, the next ones. 
uh, as I pointed out to someone that usually when a team starts winning, the city starts winning. Yeah. And thus everyone wins. So <laughs> I am hopeful. Fingers crossed, right? I mean, that's all we can ask for. So yes. And as hopeful as I am, it does mean that should we get there, a Super Bowl party may or may not happen, depending <laughs> on where we're at. Probably not, I'm guessing. I'm going to take a wild guess here and say, I'm going to go no on that one. You can say no, but people will still be doing Halloween parties this upcoming weekend. I'll be doing one on Zoom. <laughs> so, anyway. So, yes, anyway. congratulations, Dodgers. But there's other sports. Uh, real quickly, uh, as we mentioned, the Dodgers. Uh, Magic Johnson, Magic yeah. Urban Johnson, Urban Magic Johnson, He's owner Magic. of the Dodgers with this championship, has now had become a champion in three different leagues. Wow. Uh, he won one as a Laker for the NBA, won as an owner for the Dodgers just now. And what most people forget He's an owner of the LA Sparks, which won its own championship as well. Aha. So that's three different leagues that he has helped to win a championship. The man knows talent. Yep. Um, That's why he was a factor in getting LeBron James to sign with the Lakers. (laughs) Yeah. Needless to say. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it was good. It's been a good year so far. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on uh, the football end of the spectrum. Uh, hockey was already a whiff, so. <laughs> right, and I know that like you're not a Dodger fan, no. and I'm not a Dodger fan, but <laughs> we know someone who is a Dodger fan. Right. Yes. And I'm not sure if they want to come out and say something about it because they may break the microphone with uh... their speech. <laughs> this morning and um yeah it's a great feeling that's all i can say it it brought a tear to your eye did it not it it did a little bit i was emotional certainly so can't complain (laughs) it's been a good experience seeing your team win a championship so (laughs) (laughs) thank you uh our man on the street there He's clearly still celebrating with his Mookie Betts shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, other sports. Let's talk about them. Yes, other sports happened, including another champion. Chip? Champion? Champion. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, we're going to start from the top and talk about uh, meanwhile, what's happening meanwhile on Fight Island. I believe that goes, do-do-do-bye. <laughs> well, meanwhile, on Fight Island, UFC 254 happened. Khabib, oh boy, Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov. Yes, that close, probably keeps the streak alive. Twenty-nine wins, zero losses, and retires on top after a triangle choke sub that finished just in, oh boy, Gay Gaithu. Gaithy? Gaithy. And you were right. It is Nurmagomedov. Okay. In round two. So congratulations to Mr. Nurmagomedov. Yes. Uh, From Team Khabib. Uh, This was indeed his final fight, uh, ending his career at 29 and 0. His father, who has been in his corner since day one and trained him, 
and former martial arts champion himself died earlier this year. And he said that he wouldn't fight without his father in his corner. And this was fight was already scheduled before he passed. And that's why he retired. He decided to retire that he didn't want to fight without his father being there. Ah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, retiring on top, that's something that very few people do. Right. And also, when you go undefeated and you beat every single person in UFC. Yeah, it's like, what else? What other mountains are there to conquer at that point? Yeah. Um, he conquers physical mountains by training on them. Yes. <laughs> that's the next step, clearly. All uh, right. Yeah, I don't think we will see him fight again. No. Um he doesn't do it for the money. He just did it for the love of it. He has plenty of money from fighting and winning that doesn't he mean. just may retire to a farm and you know what? Congratulations. Like and I said, like train the next generation or whatever. Yeah. Not that many people get a chance to do something no. like this. Go for it. Enjoy your life. Yep. All right. Who else gets to enjoy their life in the NFL is Antonio Brown, who is now a Buccaneer. Yes, the Ever continuing cycle that is Antonio Brown. Yes. Still wants to play with Tom Brady in yes. Tampa Bay. There he goes. So voila. Uh, also bye week hell week uh, has been kicking my ass. Uh, I have to drop players who are on bye because of stupid benches. Yeah, benches. They're real. Yep, benches be crazy. <laughs> okay, so the next story here I need you to fill in a blank. Okay. ESPN to make a bid for what once 10-year, $2 billion deal with NBC expires following the 2020-21 season? It does not say what. There's supposed to be an NHL in there. (laughs) So this is hockey. Got it. Hockey. So ESPN famously for like the past 20 years. Yes, has ignored hockey. It basically ignores hockey and only gives them a five-minute like spot when they're in season for uh, SportsCenter. Yes. Because they don't have any rights to hockey. Right. Everybody else has it. Yes. Or more specifically, NBC Sports has it. Yes. That may change next year. Got it. So a 10-year, $2 billion deal with NBC will expire. And so ESPN is to make a new bid. For how much? We're not sure yet. For how long? We're also not sure yet. But it would be interesting to see all of the sports finally home on ESPN. Right. Uh, This will be interesting because... Technically, that is the last thing that uh, ESPN would not have a stake in. Yeah, that would be it. That would be it. Uh, technically, they don't have very much stake in the NFL, aside from Monday Night Football. Yeah, which is... But that's been around it, since ABC, <laughs> that it's kind of a staple at this point. It's, it's such a big thing every week. They definitely do. Um, they don't right, have but a- like compared to like other sports like Fox... Who yeah. hosts the Super Bowl? NBC that hosts the Super Bowl. You won't. We won't see ESPN ever host it, most likely, until no, a new deal not. gets because structured. It's cable. Also, as a cable network, it's harder for them to host big events because, right. yeah. So, anyway, our last story is also uh, about, or in sports, is also about where you can watch them or can't, and uh, it's also a continuing story here on the Media Boat Podcast. We've repaid, reported about these guys a lot. Uh, the Sinclair for, Media for bad news. Yeah, mostly for bad news. Uh, the Sinclair Media Group, everyone's least favorite uh, media group, um, 
has uh, announced that not only will they be pulling their sports uh, programs or uh, sports stations, regional sports networks, the former Fox Sports regional sports networks, uh, from YouTube TV, as we previously reported, but also from Hulu's live TV package. So you will no longer be able to get regional Fox Sports networks on Hulu either. So it continues to be just wiped out across all streaming services and really only available on proper cable. I mean, this is a way specifically to get people to pay for proper cable. And Sinclair probably gets most of their money that way, so they want to incentivize people to do that instead of do the streaming options. Right, because they probably get more money from doing it through cable. We will talk about in a moment here another possible option that we're not sure what their relationship with the Sinclair group is, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, still sucks to see them being so money-grubbing and just so draconian about this because I would like to have Fox Sports West. I cannot get Fox Sports West without paying hundreds of dollars a month, period. Yes, it is literally the only reason we have cable is to have Fox Sports West and Prime Ticket to watch our regional sports games. Yeah, that's it. Because there's no other reason. It's frustrating as someone who would like it, one channel, and cannot get that one channel. I mean, I don't even think you can like buy it from Fox Sports itself in a package. No, you can't. You have to get it through a yeah. broadcast provider. There's always in a package. It's never a la carte. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do? So, yeah, they're the worst still. Anything else in sports before we move on to television news? Uh, we're, we're entering the humdrum mm-hmm. of sports. Yeah. Um, but there is a little bit of light as this upcoming weekend, the NCAA for Big Ten and Pac-12 mm. start back up for, right. for college football. football. For college football. Um, and they will do a quick eight-week eight schedule i think okay or six to eight weeks in order to fit the minimum guidelines to be bowl eligible hmm. but okay that, oh and lastly in sports i almost forgot about this because it's hilarious okay nascar yes has been trying to race on the same track for the past four days what <laughs> okay so nascar is currently in arlington texas to race currently where the Dodgers have been playing uh, the World Series. It's been raining and misty and foggy everywhere, which is why the dome has been closed on the baseball stadium and why they've been able to play. But you can't be in a dome in the, uh, on NASCAR. So what was supposed to be raced on Sunday got delayed to Monday, got delayed to Tuesday, and here we are Wednesday, still not racing yet. Thanks. So they've just been hanging out in their trailers and their hollas <laughs> waiting for the track to clear up so they can race. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Ho- hollers caught me off guard. <laughs> anyway. All right. Enough about hollers. It's where all the merchandising is. <laughs> yes. Enough about hollers. Let's talk about television news. All right. Give it to me news. 
Our first story, as I mentioned, is about a new option to watch streamed TV. And it's coming from the fine people at T-Mobile. So I'm guessing this is to compete with AT&T's streaming service and Verizon's streaming yes. service. They and seeing as T-Mobile bought Sprint, yes. or merging with Sprint. They're now big enough to make this a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yet another player in the ever-expanding, uh, ever-easily get, get, getting lost in Google searches uh, competition that is streaming television services. So the carrier announced a new suite of TV, or T, how do you say this, T-Vision? Yes, uh, it's like T-Mobile. Yeah, I guess it's like T-Mobile. So T-Vision... Except there's no dash between T and Vision. It's just T right. Vision. T Vision. Internet packages available nationwide that start at just $10 a month will become available. I'm going to amend your story here to T Mobile subscribers on November 1st. If you have a T Mobile or a Sprint account, you're going to get a try of this thing, these things this year. If you do not, you have to wait until 2021. Just PSA, because I did some research on this because I was curious about it. Mm-hmm. The Vibe package, which is just Vibin, is only $10 a month. It features 30 non-sports and non-news channels, such as AMC, BET, Comedy Central, Discovery, Food Network, HGTV, MTV, and TLC, with two concurrent streams. The three live TV packages, which include 100 hours of DVR recording and up to three concurrent streams, are TV Vision Live TV for $40 a month with 30 plus sports news and local TV stations, including from Disney, ESPN, ABC, three of those things are the same thing, Fox, NBC, CNN, <laughs> slash Turner. Then there's Live TV Plus, which is $50 a month, which adds the NFL network and other sports networks, and the Live Zone, $60 a month, which adds NFL Red Zone and a handful of others. I think that might just be the cheapest way to get Red Zone now, if I'm doing the math in my head correctly. Possibly. I think that might be. Considering that YouTube TV is also 60-something dollars a month and does not include it, I would say this is a bargain. No, and I think with cable, even with the tiered up, you have to tier up a version from 60 to, I think, 70. Yeah, you have to pay the premium for it. Um. T-Mobile is also introducing the T-Vision Hub, which is a physical product you can buy, a $50 Android TV-based adapter with a remote that plaques into, plaques, plugs into the back of the PhD TV to provide access, or any TV. It doesn't have to be an HD TV. It has to be has to have an HDMI cable. HD, or when you know what I mean. Yes. I'm just saying it could be like 4K TV. Yes. Uh, to provide access to the TV Vision's over-the-top services and are you impressed that I knew what OTT meant? And 8,000 plus apps. <laughs> OTT, you know me. <laughs> Including Netflix and YouTube. Because of course it does. Notably, the TV, t- the T-Vision, I'm never going to read that correctly. Live lineups are missing CBS broadcast networks. But hmm. they'd never want to play with streaming. Yeah. And T-Mobile does not offer HBO or HBO Max as an a la carte option. So it looks like there were two companies that didn't want to play ball all the way, Viacom and Warner. But the rest are represented here. Interesting. Right. And well, Viacom makes sense because they never want to play ball with anybody. They were the first ones to 
package out all of their streaming options to yeah. launch CBS well, All Access. Until recently, because this does mention a lot of the uh, Viacom-owned stations like Comedy Central, BET, MTV are all represented here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did just introduce them to um, YouTube as well. So they're getting a little more lax, at least with some of their brands, but not all of them yet. Right. And then also with HBO and HBO Max, Warner Media wanting yeah. to be outside their bubble as well because yeah. they they have been growing and can, will continue to grow their subscriber count from 8 million now, I think. Some. We, we read it a couple of weeks ago, whatever that right. number is. But, but anyway, um, so... It was like, it, it's one of those things, another one, we're just another one to add to my pile because I've been, you know, bouncing between different ones of these services forever, trying to find whatever the best deal is. So the price is right here. It'll just be a matter of me comparing a, yet another list of giant list of channels and prices to see what makes sense, what makes the most sense. Because right, but you would have to have T-Mobile for now to get right, it. Yeah, in 2021, I'm not a T-Mobile customer. So. Right, we should ask our T-Mobile customers. The, <laughs> yeah. the Zidlows. We do know. We do know a family. Uh, I guess you have to. Call, we have to call them that now. Yes, family um, that does uh, in is in the deep into the T-Mobile ecosystem. And last I checked, we're relying on Sling to get their television. Uh, so it'll be interesting, maybe, for them to consider this as an option. I don't know. Uh, depends if it has their uh, trash Bravo TV on it. Yeah. Which it doesn't look like it does. <laughs> Although it might with uh, might. other packages. <laughs> yeah, have to, like I said, we'd have to look at a giant channel list to really right. know. Anyway, so that's there. So T-Mobile subscribers, check it out. Yep. For the meantime, let's move on to a, another television story. If you thought The Masked Singer was ridiculous... And if you thought I Can See Your Voice, the spinoff, was ridiculous as well. Well, guess what? Fox has upped the ante with The Masked Dancer. (gasps) I know, gasp. A fresh take on Fox's Emmy-winning The Masked Singer. The show will see celebrity contestants show off their best moves while disguised as the original series. This is grand and campy costumes, so they'll be reusing the same costumes but dancing in them? But some of them don't work well as dancing? I don't... Okay, anyway. Craig Robinson is set to host, as panelists include Ken Jeong, Paul Abdul, Brian Austin Green, and Ashley Tisdale. The stars, along with the audience, will have to guess the dancers' identities while they perform a range of dance styles together from hip-hop to salsa and more. Quote... We've begun filming The Masked Dancer with incredible new talent on both sides of the mask and can't wait to share the series with viewers, said Rob Wade, president of Alternative Entertainment and Specials at Fox. So there you go. Yep, this falls squarely into the alternative entertainment. (laughs) Um, I mean, Masked Singer's been a huge hit for them, inexplicably. So I'm sure people will watch this. Right, but mass singer, it's also easier to get someone to stand on stage and sing yeah, than do choreography. Mobile. Yeah, you're going to have to get more mobile celebrities to do, be these masked people. But I mean, you have years and years of Dancing with the Stars stars to mine, so they'll find them. 
Yeah, and it's the costumes will have to be somewhat tighter. <laughs> yeah, probably not as big of a heads. Free up the legs a little bit. I think yeah. we're gonna see. <laughs> so more interesting costumes will come, unless yeah. they really do want to see a dancing pair of lips do the paso doble. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to see that? Who doesn't want to see a pair of lips do a paso doble across yeah. the floor? <laughs> Hoops among us. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move on. Have you been watching any television this week? Uh, my week has been filled with World Series. So just a lot of baseball. A lot, a lot of baseball. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? What else? What else? Um, I did not finish season three of Kipo yet. We had a busy week. Um, yeah. um, the Mandalorian season two comes out on Friday. I'll be Friday. watching that. Um, but I'm also waiting for all of the right stuff. Right. Uh, the other Disney Plus original series to finish airing. So I can just stream it all and then give my thoughts on it. Yeah, but sense. from all the commercials I've seen, it I want to watch this. But I also kind of want to just binge right through it. Right, yeah, watch it all at once. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, we'll have more about that next week. But for now, let's talk about cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? Well, I'll tell you what you're still watching. Because we got no cancellations, but several renewals this week. One that you don't actually have on here, I'll just get rid of uh, now uh, because it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, Apple TV Plus has announced that uh, uh, Ted Lasso will not only getting, be getting a second season that will be starting pr- uh, production soon, but it's also been renewed for a third. So it's getting two more, at least, on Apple TV+. Plus. So that was good news to see. Yeah. Meanwhile, TBS has renewed Miracle Workers for a third season. OWN, that's the Oprah Winfrey Network, has renewed Cherish the Day for a second season. HBO is bringing back In Treatment for a fourth season. And Netflix bringing back Narcos, colon, Mexico for a third season. So more more nachos. I mean, Narcos. Uh, The In Treatment coming back for fourth season, I believe, has been off the air for 10 years. Oh, okay. Either eight or 10 years. But they're bringing it back for a fourth season. Bringing it back. Lastly, one death, William Blinn, age 83, a producer, screenwriter, uh, worked on Starsky and Hutch, Brian's Song, Purple Rain, won an Emmy in uh, 1972 and 1977. So there you go. Um, yes, he was the writer of Brian's Song about uh, Brian Piccolo. Yes. And Gail Sayers, who Gail Sayers passed away Right. Last week, two weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. All right. That's it for... And that brings us right into um, music. Yes. And we start music with the billboard. And we always start the billboard with the Hot 100. All right. Spot the change. All right. The hottest singles in your area include (laughs) Mood... (laughs) By 24 Golden, <laughs> featuring Ian Dior. Yep. Still. At number two, we have WAP, Who Are Presidents, <laughs> by I Cardi think we'll B. I next week. 
<laughs> by Cardi B featuring Megan the Stallion. Uh, at three, Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake featuring Lil Dirk, yep. which also we may be doing next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, right? At number four, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which has been playing on every sports genre there is. I cannot get away from that song, apparently. And at lastly, rounding out your top five, Savage Love, Laxed Siren Beat by Josh685X Jason Derulo. <laughs> Josh. Josh. Oh, Josh. Josh. All right. All right. As for the Billboard 200, your albums chart. Yep. Back at number one. Yes. By the push of me, because that's all I've been listening to this past week. <laughs> it's okay. You're not the only one. Folklore by Taylor Swift. Yes. Uh, number two, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. At number three, Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boobin. Mm-hmm. At four, Legends Never Die by Juice World. Clearly never dying. <laughs> and at number five, Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Yes, yes. that Tom yes. Petty. Tom Petty. Yes, um, out from the bowels of the billboard into top five for, I'm not really sure actually why. <laughs> Something about ticket sales, I'm going to assume. No, because there are none right now. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who can say? All right. Well, I don't even listen to any of that. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. Yo. Hark. I don't know if I can get louder than that, but Hark by Andrew Bird, which I'm going to assume is a Christmas album. I don't know. Maybe. Because you have to hark to let the Herald Angel sing. Yeah, you can hark for other stuff, though. I try not to. (laughs) It's exclusively reserved for Herald Angel. We'll get to Christmas later. All right. We also have post-human colon survival horror by Bring Me the Horizon. You can't. I, I can't bring you the entire horizon. I can't. Just the event horizon? <laughs> I can bring you a DVD copy of the movie Event Horizon, if that's what you want. Uh, it's not what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> Uh, we also have A Beautiful Revolution, Part 1 by Common, uh, Earth to Dora by Eels, Hey, Clockface <laughs> by Elvis Costello. Would you call me? Yes, that Elvis Costello. <laughs> Would you call me? Hey, Clockface. Hey, hey, you're a Clockface. Uh, we also have the Great Dismal by Nothing. Nothing. Uh, magic One Thrix Point Never uh-huh. by One Thrix Point Never. Uh-huh. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. One Otrix. I have no idea. Magic One Otrix. Point never. 
uh, Love Goes by Sam Smith. Uh-huh. And lastly, It's Christmas All Over Gross. by Goo Goo Dolls. Wow, the Goo Goo Dolls? Yes, those Goo Goo Dolls. Those goo goo dolls. Who wow. put out an album earlier this year. Who knew? But they were working on a Christmas album while they were doing it. Makes sense. Cool. Great. Ooh. I won't listen to none of those. Let's move on. I might listen to Sam Smith because that may be a number one album. It might be. Possibly. Because pop music. Maybe. All right. Let's go into the music news, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about some music news. These are some weird kind of fringy music stories. So, because uh, it was a slow week. It was definitely slow because I didn't really see any music news <laughs> pop yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. So this is why I was able to pull. All right. So we start with some Guitar Center payments. Uh, guitar well, Center is in trouble is what you need to know, basically. Well, I mean, they're always in trouble. Yeah. Because Guitar Center. Which is where I got the mic from. Yeah. But after missing a $45 million bond interest payment earlier this month, The Guitar Center, the largest musical instrument retailer in the U.S. and a mecca for musicians, is assessing its future. Considering multiple restructuring options, including bankruptcy, according to reports in the New York Times and Bloomberg. Like many retail outlets, the Guitar Center, which has been around, which has around $1.3 billion dollars in debt in debut. That's their yeah. typo, not mine. I copied and pasted the story. Which has around $1.3 billion in debt has been deeply impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. The company is discussing a debt restructuring with its creditor, uh, citing sources familiar with the situation, which could not, which could see certain holders taking control of the company. It is also examining alternatives similar to the refinancing deal it reached in the spring after some of its stores were temporarily shuttered as the pandemic took hold. Yeah. This sounds a lot like what happened with GameStop when it had to shutter a lot of its stores. Yes. And seeing as both of them cater to a very niche market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guitar centers are huge. Yeah, Guitar Center is even even kind of in a worse spot than GameStop when you think about it, because GameStop, you can at least sell digital product if the physical market goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, guitar Center, not so much. You actually need to go and see in person a guitar if you're going to buy it. Like a lot of music gear is very tactile. You have to know how something feels, the weight of it. You have to play around with it to make sure it sounds okay. You have to compare and contrast other models can't really do that that well digitally so in a situation where they haven't had people in the store or as many people in the store as they used to that's a death knell uh for a retail establishment like this so yeah i mean this isn't the end of everything though they do say several times in this story it's like oh it's just restructuring it's just, the creditor's gonna look and maybe they'll go to a maybe a different um company will basically take control of the company um so this is what always happens before something goes under. So who knows? Maybe they'll live through this to see the the other end of the tunnel, but I don't know. Right. I mean, this past year, we've seen several 
large um, large companies needing to be restructured. Yeah. Um, I, it's just part of the current economy that we're in. Yeah. Which, you know, according to the president, is booming. <laughs> and it's the best we've ever seen. What does Metro Boomin think? Does he think it's booming? <laughs> That's where I was referencing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, doesn't like you, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Anyway. Anyways, um, yeah. Um, I don't know where people would go to get other musical instruments. If this it's a big happen. question mark, I think. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. But we'll see. We'll keep an eye out on that. We can right. keep an eye out and keep an ear close to. Twitch is also in some hot water. Yeah. So yes, this, we're not talking about video games, but we are talking about Twitch.tv. It is about music. So this is actually a follow-up to a story that we had a while back about something that Amazon was going to implement into Twitch. Right. Uh, so Twitch and its owner, Amazon, received a blistering letter signed by multiple major U.S. music organizations, including the Rep- uh, the RIAA, mm-hmm. which is the Recording Academy, the National Music Publishers Association, the Music Managers Forum, the American Association of Independent Music, SAG-AFTRA, and more than a dozen others over its licensing situation with many major music rights holders. The letter is addressed to Amazon founder, CEO, billionaire, and confirmed dragon, (laughs) Jeff Bezos. Yes. With Twitch CEO, uh, Emmett Shear on copy. Uh, The letter, which was obtained by Variety, accuses the the service of failing to secure proper sync and mechanical licenses for its recently launched soundtrack tool, as well as, quote, allowing and enabling its streamers to use our respective members' music without authorization in violation of Twitch's music guidelines, among other claims. The platform was primarily used for gaming until the recent pandemic, when its music live streams began to surge. So, yeah. And this goes hand-in-hand with something that they do with video games, which is they will mute you if you try and stream with licensed music. Mm -hmm. Um, Even some video games, most recently that I've played, include Kingdom Hearts, put a label out there saying, if you intend to stream this game, know that you are streaming licensed music. And could be violated for it. Yeah. Or could be marked for it. You won't get violated. Wrong words, but (laughs) it could be a violation if you stream this music. And that's what they're referencing here is that Twitch already has that baked in. But there's an exception made for the soundtrack tool because it's supposed to make it easier for the artists just to stream them playing music. So the thing that they didn't at least consider is that in order to do that, the correct, the correct way, aka the legal way, they would have had to go through all of these different music organizations and make agreements. And these music organizations are said, "Hey, you guys skipped a step. 
Like you were supposed to talk to us. We we're not getting, you're not crediting any of us. Right, because this goes beyond someone playing original music. This is someone literal, this is a company, not just someone, this is a company owning literal music and saying you can't play our music. Case in point, our president is being <laughs> sued and for cease and desist letters for playing music he is not credited to play music right. for. Right. So yeah, I thought this was interesting, especially in light of, I should think it, what it does, it shows the contrast between the video, the idea of video game streaming and concert streaming. Mm-hmm. You have one industry that's relatively young, that streaming is like this kind of burgeoning form of almost games criticism and like games promotion. And then you have the much older industry, which is the music industry and being like, wait, wait, so you could just have people play music and anybody could watch online and nobody gets paid except for the artist and like, and Twitch, I guess, and Amazon. And so they're freaking out because they are such an old established thing that they've always earned money the same old way. And so this is a a potentially disruptive force that they're getting in and stopping before it blows up, which is something the video game industry failed to do with video game streaming. And they're now trying to catch up and play ball. Right. I feel like we had this exact argument when YouTube came around and artists were just putting their music on YouTube to get it out there to get noticed. Yep. Yep. And getting paid from YouTube because they're, um, their videos, yeah. their music videos of them playing their music racked up views and they paid them. Flash forward to today and nobody really cares. The, mu- the music industry did come in basically and said, hey, YouTube, hey, Google, like at least block people from uh, playing things that they're not uh, like allowed to do. And so there are certain- At blocks. least give us the option or the ability to block other people. But ultimately, if the artist was doing it, the artist has the right to. So the thing that needs to happen here, I would be interesting to hear the one voice you don't see is the the voice of an actual artist, which is very telling. I would love to see some opinions of artists who are using the soundtrack platform and say what they have to say about this and whether or not they're, you know, doing it with the authorization of you know, of their management, et cetera, you know, which it seems like this, the argument here is that they're not. I feel like that we would have already heard about something like this when Marshmallow DJed on <laughs> Fortnite and yeah. saying Marshmallow DJed on Fortnite and people watch it is such a 2019 thing to say. <laughs> it's 2020. It's 2020. I know. <laughs> I know. I know it's 2020, but I feel like that event happened last year. Yeah, it may have, but but trying to say that to someone back in, say, 2006 to even 2010 when YouTube sense. was starting to get big and people were going towards it. Yeah. It's, it's wild, but they're just going to have to figure out a, a medium for this because, yeah, it's a, it's a unblazed trail. It's a brand new place for music to be. And... It only happened because of the pandemic. Like if we do eventually return to live performances on real stages, this might not be as much of an argument, but for now, this is how it is. Right. And these are live performances that aren't scheduled. Like we will have, there have been scheduled performances like Coachella and like Stagecoach. 
and Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza who do live streaming on YouTube for people to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some licensing there that they have to go through. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this how this goes. Um, whether or not that that Amazon will like play ball with these guys or not. Mm-hmm. All right. You listen to anything? Um, nothing new. Like I said, I was listening to folklore, and also this new yeah. podcast called Media Boat Podcast on. Oh, I never heard Podbean. of them. Can you listen to them? Uh, I listen to them on a uh, pod on Podbean on Spotify on yeah. Apple uh, Music on Twitter on Stitcher speaker and if to, to play it Alexa on Pandora <laughs> it's everywhere wow they have like 250 plus episodes that it's sounds amazing. great I just put it on and it just plays I'll have to check constantly. it out all right <laughs> video games all right uh let's move right into our finale here our last subject in video games and we'll start with new releases yes Yep, uh, we have Pikmin 3 Deluxe for the Switch. The Dark Pictures Anthology, colon, Little Hope for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Mm-hmm. Bakugan, colon, Champions of Destroya for Destroy. the Switch. Dirt 5 for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Jurassic World Evolution colon complete ed edition edition i know it's edition but it's just ed <laughs> ed complete, complete ed. ed you don't get switch. partial ed you get the whole ed yep <laughs> uh yes that's coming uh Jurassic world evolution for the switch and lastly watch underscore dogs colon <laughs> legion for the playstation xbox and pc that is the big Ubisoft release this week. Yes. Expect that to be dominating streamers until they get bored of it. Just a real quick uh, note about these. Some of these uh, games will have next-gen versions coming out when the new boxes launch. Watch Dogs um, Dirt fi- and Dirt 5, both, uh, will also have new next-gen versions, but that won't come out until the new boxes do. So... When we do get the new consoles, which is in a couple weeks here, and they become exclusives to them, are we going to have to differentiate between PS4 and PS5? I had that thought for the first time writing these down because Metacritic has made a differentiation starting with this week. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But the thing is, is that's going to be a while until there's a game that's only coming out under those consoles. So... Might have not have to worry about it for a while. Right, because they come out on the 10th and then the 13th, I believe. The 10th and the 12th. I think. 10th and the 12th, which is in two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. And so. we'll be sandwiched in between them. We will not be getting them, but we'll tell you about it. <laughs> yes. Unlike uh, other people on YouTube that I've seen doing unboxings of them this yeah. week. We're not getting any consoles, nor are we getting a fridge that looks like a console. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't get one. Snoop Dogg got one. And I guess he took ours. That wasn't supposed to be ours, and I guess Snoop Dogg ended up with it. I don't know. Long Beach is pretty close. It's close <laughs> to me. Uh, just uh, uh, one number over in the Eric zip code. Yeah, yeah. 
So I see why that the, they would have mixed that up. But yeah, we should have the this fridge that that what looks like an Xbox Series X, but we didn't get it. Anyway. Um, also, um, real briefly, because I know it's not here in the notes. Yeah. Um, Nintendo did a quick, or not a quick, but their final yeah. uh, Nintendo Direct for third parties well, today. One. Yeah. In which they announced several games. Yeah. Including Nothing Control big. for the yeah, Switch. Yeah, Control's getting a Switch version. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but I went and looked at it. It said free. So oh. I downloaded it. Okay. I may or may not have control. Well, I guess you'll have to find out later. It's downloading over there right now. Yeah. So we'll figure it out later. I'll report that next week. Probably be but like it said hey. free. It also said cloud edition. Cloud edition. So I'm not sure what that entails, but I may or may not be able to play control. I don't know. For we'll report back uh, when I you will. That download continues because I don't think you're going to be able to play that thing. I, <laughs> I think know. you're going to press it and it's going to be like, hey, wait, go to the store. It said free, so I downloaded it. Wow. You would, you, you'd sound like you like ran into a digital equivalent of a mouse trap. You saw cheese. Like, well, the cheese is free. It's just sitting there. <laughs> go grab it. It was in the Nintendo store. It said cheese. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I clicked on it. I clicked on it. it and nothing stopped me to pay for it. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, uh, I'm also downloading the demo for Hyrule Warriors, uh, yes. which was announced uh, today as well, that you can play the first level yeah. in their demo. So I will be checking that out as well cool. for the Switch. I uh, found an, a micro SD card, put it in my Switch to thinking that I could download new stuff onto it. And my Switch gives me a bunch of error codes now about the micro SD card. I Googled it. It said, oh, try taking it out and putting it back in. Did that. Try turning this console off, turning it back on. Did that. Try going into settings and formatting the SD card. Did that. Get a different error code. Looked up that error code and says either I need to try a different micro SD card. And if I do that and that one doesn't work, my switch is broken (laughs) (laughs) and cannot read SD cards. So, so yeah, I don't know when I'm going to figure that out, but until then I will not be able to play anything else. (laughs) No, that's not true. I uninstalled a bunch of games, but I'm going to, yeah, have to figure this out because it would really suck if I can't use an SD card in my switch. Yeah, it definitely would. Uh, Maybe it needs to be like class 10 or something. I mean, it was used, to, the SD card I'm trying to use, it was a micro SD that used to be in um, my Galaxy S5. So I wouldn't think that, or, or okay. not S5, S7? That was the yeah. favorite S7. Yeah, I don't think, think that would work. I don't, think, work. I don't think you would, she should get, because that's a standard. Yeah, it's a standard SD. 16 gig card. It should yeah. work. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. Right. Anyways, video game news. Um, we had some shakeups and some delays yeah, and is, some internet um, kermumble. Yeah, this is two stories I combined into one because neither was big enough to be by itself. Uh, I mean, it depends on how hyped you are for each game because then it would be the big enough story for you. You would, in theory, yes, but I am neither of those people. So let's talk about it. All right. Well, the director of Halo Infinite yes. has left developer 343 industries Mm -hmm. you know the game that's coming out in two weeks (laughs) 
Note, this is the second game director that has left this project. Just want to note that. Chris Lee, who has worked at the studio for more than a decade, confirmed his departure via Bloomberg earlier today. Chris Lee, who joined 343 in 2008, I try to make that rhyme, Yeah, uh, and has been a studio head since 2016, says that he has, quote, stepped back from Infinite, and I am looking for at future opportunities. I believe in the team and am confident that they will deliver a great game, and now is a good time for me to step away. With, like we said, with the game literally weeks away. <laughs> well, no. We don't know when the game's coming out. <laughs> uh, Lee will, however, remain a Microsoft employee according to a statement from the company. So yeah, this was supposed to be a launch game. And it got delayed for that. Right. It's just every single thing that comes out about this game makes it seem like it is literally on fire over there. That just like, no one can figure this thing out. I want to put this template of a map over the template of Anthem. Uh-huh. Yeah, a bunch of it lines up. Oh boy, I hope not. Like that would be disastrous if it ended up that bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like such a strange project. You would think Halo Infinite, which was once supposed to be the poster child for the Xbox Series X, it's just they cannot figure out how to make it. They can't figure out how to keep a team. They can't keep a director on this team for the life of them. It's just what is happening over there. When the game eventually comes out, it'll say director, insert name. Yeah. No, just insert name, and they're not going to forget to put it. (laughs) Master Chief. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just embarrassing at this point. And then co-director, everyone else who's been previous directors. Speaking of embarrassing at this point. Yeah, speaking of embarrassing and (laughs) delaying games, um, the Twitter of Cyberpunk 2077 got in a lot of hot water (laughs) in the matter of hours. Yeah. uh, Because that game was delayed to December to improve its performance on PS4 and Xbox One, according to reports from CD Projekt Red's latest financial conference call. Uh, the, uh, The call which was hosted by CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Kaczynski and other members of the company's executive leadership um, explained that this situation is different compared to Cyberpunk 2077's previous delays. While the game plays well on PC and next-gen consoles, the company needs more time to make sure uh, that the game is also satisfactory on current gen systems. All I can say is, man, I'm glad I didn't put money on this being delayed again, or maybe I'm, ha- I'm, I'm mad that I didn't put money on this being delayed again. It's whatever, some sort of permutation of that, because man, how many times has this been delayed? No, it's. I think the permutation is be happy you didn't pre-order the game <laughs> and then request time off from your company yeah. I mean, I would never game. do that. I've never done that in my life. But uh, but yeah, it's 
No, it's a, I, I saw that just go around where someone on Twitter asked their CD Projekt Red's Twitter handle or Cyberpunk 27's Twitter handle, will this game come out uh, on time because I'm about to request time off? And they replied, go ahead and take the time off. And then literal hours later, this report comes out that it's being delayed. <laughs> It's just, it's just, I have zero interest in this game. I just want to say up front, but I know a lot of people are looking forward to this thing. And it's just, it's, it's so weird to me that they just keep pushing, pushing it, pushing it. When I know for a fact that it's like driving some of those employees crazy over there. There's some employees that are talking about working hundred plus hour days, according to the newest reports. Right, when they previously said that they would not let their... Weeks, sorry. 100 plus hour days is impossible. <laughs> yes, our plus hour weeks. <laughs> Week. Right, which they said, CG Project Red said that they wouldn't do that, that they wouldn't right. do crunch time for their employees. And yet here yeah, we are. Not... No. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm like, I'm with you right there. I'm not sure how to feel about this game now, then, and anymore. There's a lot... Well, one, it's I don't like necessarily have any affinity towards The Witcher or any of the CD Projekt Red stuff in the past. Same. Two, they've uh, the character, like a lot of the characterization in the game and a lot of the trailers they've shown have had a lot of strangely like transphobic and racist caricatures of characters that are not really jiving with me. And three, the company culture, like I said, like we talked about just now, it's like it seems like they're they they say one thing to the press about their their crunch. And then employees will still be like, no, dude, like it's intense over here the next day. So it's like, there's all these strikes against this thing before it even comes out. Right. But I think that's most work cultures when you have a deadline and you are trying to meet a launch. So that everyone, uh, all of a sudden, like what seems to be a laxed culture becomes everyone has eyes on you because this needs to be done in a certain amount of time, needs to be done right. Yes, but there's a, big difference between a little bit of pressure and 100 hour work weeks yes so that's i think we need to be able to differentiate between those things we need to know what's normal and what's definitely not normal that employees are being told is expected of them so that's the difference Mm -hmm. but we'll see yeah uh we'll see if that game is delayed to december now yeah so we won't be talking about this one for game of the year. <laughs> I don't think sleep. we were in, in the first place. <laughs> no, no, but now especially not. Yep. Uh, but a game or game platform that we could be talking about may be interesting. I only say that because it has Facebook attached to it, and yeah. we know how that could be. It's yet another hat thrown into the ring. Yep. As Facebook Gaming has now joined the cloud gaming arms race with the launch of its own game streaming app. The company announced its cloud gaming platform today with a word from Naughty Dog co-founder Jason Rubin, who joined the company for its streaming endeavors after working with Facebook on Oculus in the past. In contrast to previous contenders, Facebook game streaming will be free with in-game purchases and ads supporting it. (laughs) Quote, 
depending on game format and developer choice. Games also games will also be featured in playable ads, which are essentially bite-sized demos spliced with tangented marketing, aka hit tap to try on a game's ad and find the full version if you want more, if you want to see more. More sort of like the Twitch powered discovery feature in other cloud services. Now, the Facebook gaming, not app, but button recently <laughs> popped up on a lot on all Facebook um, recent updates. Mm-hmm. And I try and click on it. I see nothing I want to play. No. So I click back off of it. I don't know if Facebook is where I want to be gaming. No. At least anymore. I mean, they did have a quite of a boom there with Farmville and uh, Words with Friends. Yeah. But then again, that was also 10 years ago. Yeah, there was an era there where there was a certain kind of game you saw a lot of people playing on Facebook. And it was pretty popular, your Farmville's being the best example. But this is interesting because this is, seems like a very flexible thing for them. It seems like the tap to try model you see a lot on mobile phone games. You also see it, like they said, in the, the Twitch discovery stuff. Um, and saying, hey, this is free with ad support does make them unique in this space. Amazon's not doing that. Stadius certainly isn't doing that. It definitely separates them. But the question is, is what kind of game are they aiming for here? Is this going to be your Farmville? Is this going to be something that's very like basic, like computer-based, like, well, not computer-based, that's the wrong term, but you know what I mean? Like a smaller experience, or is this going to be AAA? Are they going to be, is Facebook going to be out there making plays just like Amazon was talking about to Ubisoft and being like, assassin's creed on our thing too with ads every time you exit a room like mm-hmm. how is that going to work like there's a lot of questions about how the ad stuff is going to work in a bigger for lack of a better term real game you know right real game like i would hate to play like madden and oh, I've, yeah and- i mean i've played a lot of mobile games where <laughs> i will get immediately turned off if after i finish every level or half level that an ad pops up. I was like, okay, this is too much. You're trying to jam it down my throat. Bye. Off. No. I just spent the $5 on good Sudoku. I was done with the ads. I (laughs) I press a number, an ad shows up, which I get it. That's the way they monetize those games. But I was like, $5? It's nothing. I can toss $5 at it and say, cool, thank you for good Sudoku, because I played a lot of it this year. Right. Um, but something like this is like, is there going to be a subscription model? Is there going to be a way to pay for this so you don't have the ad interruptions? There's a lot of stuff we don't know about this thing, but ultimately it's the same thing we talked about the Oculus Quest uh, thing, uh, Quest 2 a couple weeks ago, which is your interest in this product is going to be 100% based on your feelings about Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you're going to either want to use their services or you're going to be like me and be like, you know what? No, thanks. I'm good. Well, you don't have a Facebook to begin with, so. Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I'm well, not, not anymore. It's there, but it's just unactivated. Yeah. Sitting on it. It's, it's, it's as if it's still 2013 up in my yeah. Facebook. <laughs> just like Facebook gaming. Just like Facebook gaming. Yeah. So I'm getting Farmville in my Vegas <laughs> requests. 
anyway. So yeah, interesting, but yep, and who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see where it goes, if anything. Yeah. A lot of maybe lot another of, failed Facebook adventure. Yeah, a lot of blank blanks to fill on that one. Yeah. Uh, speaking evening. of blanks to fill, we are done, and we now have um, video game thoughts. Video game thoughts. So, have you been playing more Genshin Impact? No, because (laughs) I've been cheating on Genshin Impact with a new new relationship. Okay, because I also have not played it in a week. (laughs) Yeah, but you don't have an excuse. (laughs) I do. I I, I was gone this past weekend for reasons. Ah, okay. Um, But no, I've been um, I've been the girlfriend meme. The one where the, the 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 guy with the girlfriend is looking back at the other girl. Uh, the oh, no, girlfriend what'd you do next Christy? to Christy, huh? <laughs> what'd no. you do to the librarian? No, not my actual girl. You know, you know that meme where it's like yes, the guy's I know the, meme. the girl. The girl next to him is Genshin Impact, but the girl he's looking at is Hades because I did in the red dress. I took yes, I took your advice uh, and I bought Hades, and it's literally dominated my free time since I downloaded it on Friday. Yep, it it's amazing. Is... I will play two, three. Mm-hmm. runs through it at night and yeah. it's like oh there goes an hour <laughs> yeah no just time just gone um it's really really cool it's really really fun i'm enjoying it a whole lot more heck of a lot more than i thought i was going to um the difficulty is not that much of a barrier for me i as much as i was told by a lot of people that it would be are you playing on god mode no that's the thing i'll get i'll get there Wait, okay. sit on that because I'll get there. But basically my story with this thing is that, yeah, I, I haven't found it that challenging or that frustrating when I die because of the way that the game basically treats it as like, oh, just another day. I think that the window, like the way that the game, per, per, like the way that the game treats death is not really that harsh and i think that that eases the blow of failing because Mm -hmm. you think oh it sucks in a lot of other games that are this style you think oh man it sucks i have to do all that over again in hades you enjoy the process of doing that so much that that's actually a good thing and not a bad thing every time i beat like I, i die in hades i instead of thinking oh man that sucks i'm thinking oh great i get to do that early part again that's how much fun just the moment to moment gameplay this game is for me I'm just enjoying playing it that I'm not even worried about progress. That being said, I have made progress. So for your for your reference, the initial blocking point I had was the first boss. That was the first real obstacle I had to pass. But then I texted you when I finally mm-hmm. did it. And I was like, okay, cool. I did it, but then didn't last pretty yes. too much far. I think out. I was at dinner when you texted me. Yeah. <laughs> but then... The next big obstacle, which is still a pretty big obstacle, is that uh, Minotaur and that Minotaur yes. fight you're talking yes, about. Yes, that is a, quite Ooh. an obstacle. That's that where I quite an obstacle. It still yeah. is sometimes, depending on my run and depending on what mm-hmm. weapon I'm using. On your build, I will still fall a lot during that battle if I'm not super prepared for it. And then the newest obstacle that I've been facing is freaking Hades himself. So I, have you gotten past him yet? No, that's where I'm at. Okay. 
that's where I'm at is I still can't beat Hades himself um, because I'll beat him the first time and then he'll have the second form and then I'll yes. die to the second form every single time. It was like, yes, I beat him. Nope. Second form. And I'm already down to half health. And I right. And I've already lost, used both of my death defiances. I'm screwed yep. because I lose both of my death defiances. You guessed it on the Minotaur. So yeah, it's, 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 a pretty, but that's the thing though is the, this game never makes never makes me feel that I can't do it. The game just kind of pushes me and be like, "Yeah, you can do this with a few more upgrades. Just do some more runs, upgrade some more stuff, and and get further." And and never, it's so nice and kind and gentle about that kind of thing. I'm not frustrated, right? And when you do accomplish it and you do get those victories, it feels so satisfactory. Mm-hmm. That it's like, ah, that it gives you that big rush of endorphins that that you accomplished it. So real quick note about the God mode thing. So I haven't been shy about using it. I have used it occasionally, notably several times for the Minotaur fight. Mm -hmm. But here's the ironic part about that. The times I used God mode, I died. Hmm. One time I, like when I started beating it, I started beating it without using God mode. (laughs) <laughs> like I would just beat it. Like I was like, oh, I didn't even had to turn it on for that. So yeah, I never any of the times that I actually was like, okay, I'm gonna go in, turn this on for this fight specifically. I didn't win that, but I was able to win it without it. But I think next time I get to Hades, I'm gonna try turning it on just to see if I can pass that hurdle. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of using it as like a backup plan. Whereas if I'm really having like a hard time with a specific part of the game, I'll try it. I'll try it out because. The nice thing is, is that it remembers the last, even if you turn it off for a while, it remembers the last time that you used it, how much your damage resistance was up to. So every time you use it and die, God mode gets better for you. Okay. So it's a good backup plan if you do end up having to use it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I love the characters. I love the world. Um, I love the different feel of the weapons, some more than ever. I'm finding the bow my favorite. Yeah, I kind of rotate depending on what gives me the bonus for that time. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing mostly. But, but yeah, I think my favorites are the bow and the spear. Mm-hmm. Those are my two. Goals. I like the bow and the shield. The shield is okay. I feel like there's too much to do with the shield. I I always end up like something that'll happen to me a lot in this game is that I'll get into a groove playing a certain way and I'll completely ignore one or two of the uh, mechanics. Same, depending on what kind of build I get or try to do with like either being attack heavy or special heavy. I forget so I forget all the time that the cast exists. Yes. I barely use it. Um I kind of stand my way to where if in the uh, mirror to where if I use cast, the mm-hmm. wherever it's on takes da- takes more damage. Yeah. So I a- I get into the habit of just sending the cast out wherever immediately and then figure it out there. Yeah, I've gotten to this point where I pretty much maxed out everything in the mirror. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I wish that there was more. I wish there was more stuff that I could up. I know you can switch it over to the other side, like certain the ones to different things, but I haven't seen any of those I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and you unlocked everything in the mirror? As far as I know. Okay. <laughs> is there something beyond the last 30 keys thing no what it says uh when it says um the last key like one key to reset your stats yeah that's it 
Okay. Then, then yes, I guess the answer to that question is yes. I didn't know if there was something I hadn't seen. Okay. Um, yeah, I've gotten, I've played a lot of this already. Um, I've uh, gotten pretty far with the relationship stuff. I've been focusing on Meg. Okay. And I've, I'm, I'm almost done with her entire relationship thing. I've got like two hearts left. Oh, okay. So you've just <laughs> been, so I've been, um, focused on one. I've been focusing I've not, on, I've been, uh, evenly distributing and I've, Okay. More of those uh, nectar stuff to do stuff. I figured I would try like to focus on one person first, and then once I'm done with them, mm-hmm. move on to everybody else. But uh, Meg's my uh, Hades girlfriend, so <laughs> she gets all of my love. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, no, it's incredible. It's a really, really good game. I totally understand now what everybody was raving about for weeks and weeks now. Um, and yeah, I just love, I just, I really love it. And I'm not even that mad that I haven't beaten it yet. I do look forward to when I finally do clear it, but right now I'm having fun just playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a real fun game. It, pick it up where you can to those of you listening to us. Although I'm playing on a PC and I can't imagine playing this on, on the switch. Like, some of the details in the environments, I'm like, I couldn't see that on a Switch screen. Like, I'd be like, like, really, like, I need a magnifying glass. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm playing this on PC. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it on the Switch. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying something else on the Switch, though. Uh, I'm downloading stuff on the Switch right now. That's true. But what are you doing on the Switch? Also on the Switch this week, uh, the second expansion to Pokemon Sword and Shield came out. Oh, yes. The Crown Tundra. So I played a little bit of this. A uh, friend of the show, Christie's played more than I have because I got sidelined by Hades. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because they came out this, like bought Hades the same day as this came out. So right. I screwed myself over. Right. But you had uh, bought this, the both expansion passes prior right. to it. I bought it the, before. And so it then unlocks both of them. So I got this one since I bought the last one. Uh, but yeah, it's neat though. Uh, it's in kind of a wintry location. And the one new thing I got to try out with it, they call their dungeon, uh, their max raid layers, which are these tiered things that end on a legendary Pokemon battle. So you rent a Pokemon. You don't actually use one that you own. You rent a Pokemon at the beginning of this thing. You're on a team of four, whether three real people in co-op play or three computer trainers. And you are in this branching path of a cave. And you get to choose every leg of the path what Pokemon you battle. And it's always a max rate battle. So it's Dynamax Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to see what type they are, but you don't get to see what Pokemon it is. You get to catch these Pokemon But ultimately, at the end of the raid, you only get to keep one of those. So nine times out of ten, you're going to go with the legendary at the end. Right. So the one that I played, the very first max raid battle that I got to play at the at the beginning that they make you play at the beginning of the game, ends with the Suicune, one of the legendary dogs from Gen Two. So I have a Suicune now, which is pretty cool. Um, So yeah, it's a really neat mechanic. I like that it lets you, oh, and you can swap between the Pokemon that you catch. So for example, if you start with like a grass type and you end up having a fire type face you, but one of the Dynamax Pokemon you just caught was a water type, you can swap between rounds. 
And then, like I said, at the very end, then you can choose ultimately which one of that you can catch. Yeah, I was kind of worried there. Like you just go through the same one and like, oh, I guess I have to try and choose the right path. Yeah. So I think it's potentially really, really cool. I'm really excited to try it co-op with, with Christy to see how that changes it from being just like a battle with computer characters and not that fun. But like, you know, see if that changes the dynamic. But also I'm excited to see whether returning Pokemon are in this. Because a lot of returning uh, Pokemon from previous generations are in this too. Right. All, all the legendaries are part of the max rates. Yes. And all legendaries. So yeah, uh, it seems like really, really good content um, for people who are way into Sword and Shield. So thumbs up. All right. So a uh, good expansion then. I think so. I'm enjoying this more than the last one which kind of dragged. Uh, this one's actually pretty cool. All right, perfect. And um, like I said, I have stuff downloading. Yes. So we'll see if I'm playing those next week, but I think we're done with uh, I, this week's podcast. I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Thank you everybody for pay, uh, paying attention to us. I don't know why I said that. I was like, what we're paying I our subscription fee. That too. Well, no, we're not paying for anything. We are paying yeah. for all that. Um, thank you for joining us for this. We just charge your time and effort. <laughs> <laughs> you can join us next week on youtube.com for the video version. Just search Media Boat Podcast on there and find our channel. Like, subscribe, comment, etc. You can find us audio form, as we mentioned in, earlier in the show, on all sorts of podcast services, such as Podbean, where we're hosted, such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon podcast google play podcasts mm-hmm. spotify even go on your spotify account search media boat find us say it to your smart speaker whatever you want to do and you'll find us you can also see us on social media on twitter we're at media boat cast on facebook we're media boat podcast just search our in the search bar and find your page and we play video games every once in a while on twitch.tv slash media boat on youtube.com as well and um, that will be it, I believe. And our writing is on mediabowpodcast.com if you want to check that out as well. That'll do it. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week for more, all sorts of new stuff. So stick around. See you next time. Yep, we'll be back next week with more news, more thoughts, and more exciting tangents to go on. Always. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Bye. Go Dodgers. Okay, bye. Bye.